Okay, we're going to come on now to the bardo of reality, uh, or reality as such, um, which is dharmata in Sanskrit. Uh, um, dharmata literally means something like dharmaness. Um, it's a bit like the notion of dharmadhatu. And this verse seems to cover both the experience of luminosity, the clear light of the void, uh, which opens up after the uh, bardo of the moment of death, and all the various uh, visionary experiences that occur after that, the, 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 the experiences of uh, visions and sounds and, and, and so on. Uh, particularly of the peaceful and wrathful deities, and in between those two, the vidyadaras and their uh, mandalas. Um, the 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 experience of the undifferentiated clear light, uh, the prabhashvara, um, which you've probably heard of, this sort of dawning of reality um, immediately after the bardo of the moment of death, is utterly overwhelming unless you're trained to. Um, enter into it to receive it to open to it it's utterly overwhelming and uh you it's an it's an experience of utter groundlessness and uh it's just too much um you're completely bedazzled and you just swoon away in fear you get very frightened you swoon away and then there's a, a sort of dropping down and then you have the visions of the mandalas of the five buddhas the six realms and so on and so forth the wrathful Buddhas, the Herakas. This is all described vividly in the Bardo Tadol. So this is what the Bardo of reality is um, is describing. Um, and as I've said before, the iconography of all this is taken from the Mahayoga tradition of the Nimapa school, um, particularly from a tantra called the Guhya Garbha, Tantra, which is a very important Yingmapa Tantra, um, and it's 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 got our five Buddha system, the one that we usually employ, is a sort of watered down version, in a sense, of that of that uh, um, system from the Guhyagarbha Tantra. Um, one imagines that if we if we were in the Bardo, we probably wouldn't experience all this. We'd probably have a quite different uh, iconography, um, you know, and we don't even have a, um, you know, an agreed iconography in our world. I mean, you know, Nyingmapa Buddhists have a completely agreed, as it were, iconography. That's their world uh, view. And presumably for the other schools, it would be a bit different. Uh, you know, who knows what we would encounter in the in-between. I mean, Bhante also, on one occasion, when he was being asked about this, he thought that actually probably you wouldn't experience very much uh, because your awareness is not that developed um, or whatever experience it would just be so momentary that you 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 couldn't sort of hold it uh, that's what he was wondering anyway in the Bada Tadol the uh, the Lama the spiritual friend encourages you all the time in relation to all these visions to keep going forward um, and to keep reciting this verse, O oh, now when the bardo of reality upon me is dawning, abandoning all, all fear and terror and all, of all phenomena and so on. Uh, just keep reciting it. Don't shrink back. Don't turn away. 
even though it's very frightening and, and overwhelming. You stay in there. Um, so abandoning all awe and fear and ter- all awe, fear and terror of all phenomena. Um, the Buddhas, uh, the five Buddhas and their mandalas are absolutely over- overwhelming uh, in, their, in their visionary uh, power, if you like. Um, they're said to be the purified... Um, the purification of the of the skandhas and the and the elements rising as uh, different jnanas, and they're gorgeous and vivid and overwhelming. I uh, the the penguin translation, the new penguin translation by Gurme Dorje is I think particularly good at, at describing, uh, or the translation is particularly vivid. I think of the. Um, well, of the vividness of, of the visionary experience. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous to, 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 to read. Um, and at the time, of course, of these lights coming from, uh, you know, the different Buddhas, they appear one by one and then all together. At the same time, a dull light from a, from a corresponding realm, one of the six realms, is, 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 is coming towards you which is actually more attractive to you, even though it's dull, even though it's not in a way very pleasant, it's more appealing because of our karmic uh, tendencies, our karmic habits. It's as if what's going on in the bardo is a sort of um, almost like a battle almost between the adhisthana of the Buddhas, the, the play of reality, the expression of completely non-dual uh, awareness um, uh, coming from the Buddhas, the Dharma Nirma even, and the Karma Nirma, you know, all of the sort of habitual tendencies of our life. And they're more attractive because they're familiar. Um, even though the, the lights of the Buddhas promise um, rebirth in their pure land if you dissolve into their heart, that's too much. We're much more familiar with the hungry ghosts, the animal realm, the human realm, hell, the realm of the gods, and 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 so on. The asuras. Um, you know, we 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 tend to be more comfortable with our habits, even if they're very very restricting and and even painful. I think there's a Tibetan <coughs> saying which goes something like, "You can even make hell comfortable," um, because it's it's what you're familiar with. So there's a kind of clear conflict between the Adhisthana of the Buddhas, reality uh, moving towards you, um, and uh, which we do have a feeling for if we've practiced, and unpurified habitual material uh, within us. That's all rising up. And everything is incredibly heightened. Uh, I, I've mentioned before the man in my Kaya, the mind created body, which is extraordinarily sensitive. Um, so in this bada of reality, you are super sensitive to to what's happening. That's also a reason why it can be a time of great uh, breakthrough. Um, uh, but of course, unless you're well trained, you can you can lose all, all possibilities of, of 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 growth and development in in this uh, at this time. Um, but it, I, I would read the passages in in the Bardo Tadal on, on on the descriptions of of the uh, particularly the peaceful uh, Buddhas. Um, may I recognise 
uh, whatever appears as being my own thought forms, may I know them to be apparitions in the intermediate state. It has been said, there arrives a time when the chief turning point is reached. Fear not the bands of the peaceful and wrathful who are your own thought forms. The chief turning point. Um, this is a quote, obviously, from the Bardo to Doll itself. The chief turning point, or the critical point. Actually, throughout the Bardo to Doll, the Lama keeps saying that uh, to you. This is the critical point. This is the critical juncture. What you do now has enormous consequences. Um, it, it, just, it just keeps coming again, this sort of urgency of, of exhortation. Um, but this is the point in particular of the, the, the showing of the peaceful and wrathful deities. And you need to recognise the instruction is to see them as uh, one's own thought forms, apparitions uh, in the bardo. It's, it's, it's of looking at other translations. Perhaps this isn't quite right. Um, in a way, that sounds a bit too easy. Um, oh well if I just see it as my own thought forms everything's all right when you're actually being overwhelmed by things that you really believe are there it doesn't I, I don't think it's going to quite cut it um, I think two things are actually going on as I've said before on the one hand there's this expression of reality uh, through the Buddhas you know so in some translations they say they say recognize that all these Buddhas are the self-displaced, self-display not from yourself, but the display of itself, of the way things are, uh, which is associated with awareness and which, in a sense, you are part of. Um, so it's quite important when we talk about awareness only and so on. It's not your awareness. I think that's one of the great misleading things that, that about... Um, sort of mind-only type teachings and, and so on, that we can think that it's our mind that we're getting in touch with. It's not. It's a completely ego-less awareness. Uh, we are just manifestations of that, of that awareness. So it's quite important, I think, to get a sort of sense of that. So what, 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 what you're trying to see, that the, 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 the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and the, 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 the mandala of deities are the expression of that awareness. Um, it's very important as well, they, they, they also encourage you to see that these figures are, are really compassionate. It's hard to see that because even the peaceful Buddhas are just so sort of intimidating uh, because they are so incredibly peaceful. And, you know, it, it kind of reveals our own tension and agitation and... and and so on, but you're encouraged to see these figures as a completely benign, uh, completely compassionate. Um, whereas the uh, the six realms, as I've said before, are the expressions, the image of your own uh, karmic uh, tendencies. So recognize them for what they are. Uh, recognize them as just the play of awareness. There's nothing to be frightened of. If you can recognize them as the play of awareness and not as sort of substantial and real, you will break through. Um, so there's no need to have any fear. And of course, the this is where training in sadhana is very, very important, because that's exactly what you're doing in sadhana. Uh, you're getting used to imagining the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, 
engaging with them and then dissolving them, recognising that they're just the play of awareness like everything else is. Uh, I mentioned that, um, for example, in the Mandugosha Stuti Sadhana, you're encouraged to, before you move into the visualisation, to uh, enter the Maya way. Uh, where there's appearance and arising, but it's completely insubstantial. And the thing is that you then need to carry that into your daily life. Uh, and it's true of all practices. I mean, you know, you've obviously got to translate that, what that means into your daily life. Don't go around, you know, trying to carry on visualising. You'd probably get very alienated. But you're trying to, to, to carry that sort of feeling and flavour into all all the affairs of, of life. And if you can do that, well, there'll be no fear. Um, um, another way you can look at this, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase that Alaka dug out from uh, a history of Indian Buddhism and in, in the, the sort of tantric part of that, of a great Indian adept named Advaya Vadra, that the, the, the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, the deities, are explosions of shunyata. Explosions of shunyata. So if you can, it's very, very expressive, if you can have that sort of sense in the bardo, that these are explosions of emptiness, they're nothing other than emptiness, you, well, you'll gain liberation. Um, and in the Bardo Tadol, the Lama, the spiritual friend, just keeps giving you ways to recognise that, uh, yes, all these incredible figures, which are really overwhelming and which are really frightening and which you're shrinking from, they're only awareness. Don't, 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 don't get deceived. Um, or he will say to you, or she, come to that, regard them as your yidam. Uh, everything that's going on is your greatly and intensely loved and longed for Yidam. Um, imagine them as Tara, as Avalokiteshra, that, that, you know, whatever. You know, it's like they, they keep doing this. If one thing doesn't work, try this, try that. And you're encouraged with the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and the wrathful deities to worship them, to go for refuge to them and ask them to help you on what they call the narrow, dangerous, difficult path of the bardo. Um, yes, or see all figures, even the frightening ones, as Mahakarunika, the greatly compassionate one, Avalokiteshvara. Really try to, to open up to that. Um, I think also this whole section would include things like the judgment of Yama. It's another thing that goes on in the bardo whole. You suddenly find yourself uh, in front of Yama, the Lord of the Dead, and um, you know he, this 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 terrifying bull-headed deity. You're sort of in the underworld. Um, it's even said in the Bardo Tadol, you have a sort of brief, you know, the, you, you're sort of being shown a uh, hell even. Um, and it's one of the reasons in the Bardo Tadol cycle. Uh, well, not just the Bardo Tadol, but the the related literature. There's an enormous amount of emphasis on confession and Vajrasattva purification uh, at the time of death. They say that's incredibly important, uh, scouring the depths of hell, as they call it. You know, that you, uh, and if somebody's died, it's really important to do a lot of confession practice and a lot of Vajrasattva mantra. So there's a lot of emphasis on, on purification. 
Um, but even with the judgment of Yama, where you're being, where, you know, they, they've got the scales up and good deed, bad deed, good deed, bad deed, and you're kind of watching this uh, going on. It said, if you can see Yama as a, just a manifestation of mind, just a manifestation of consciousness, as the play of awareness, he automatically turns into Avalokiteshvara. So, so that it's fascinating this that the, the 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 god of death, the god of impermanence and change, turns into the bodhisattva of love and compassion. Um, you know, there's this sort of you know, no doubt that one can sort of meditate on that. That seeing deeply and into seeing death as it really is, seeing impermanence as it really is, it becomes incredible compassion. Uh, that more, that much more benign way of looking at, at change and um, that response to the suffering of the world. Um, so one of the things, one of the things that you're doing in in, in, in at this time, um, that the Lama is telling you to do, is just use all the Dharma weapons that you've got available to you. All the sort of teachings that you've got, see everything as empty, see everything as a display of mind, see everything as your yidam, see everything as Avalokiteshvara, chant the Avalokiteshvara mantra, the Tara mantra, uh, think of your teacher, think of your spiritual friends, try everything, don't shrink back, don't be afraid, keep going forward, keep turning to skillful, positive states of mind, don't give in to anger, don't give in to fear, don't give in to irritation, don't give in to craving, jealousy, just keep generating the skillful. And of course, that's an important teaching for our lives. It's not just to happen at that time, that, that be resourceful in your dharmic responsive, especially in those times that are really difficult, which are provoking you, to, where you're feeling overwhelmed and you're sort of giving yourself Oh, well, it's understandable that I'm so reactive or something like that. No, that's the time to really practice, to uh, intensify, to try out your, your, your different uh, uh, practices. So that's everything on uh, uh, the bardo of, of, of reality. So um, we've still got the bardo of taking rebirth to do. We could do that today. Well, maybe we'll just stop and see if there's any uh, questions there, any points. a little bit more into the thing about um, it's not your awareness so if you're just seeing the, the deity's thought forms what's the difference between seeing them as one's own awareness or awareness I, th I, I was hoping somebody wasn't going to ask that question um, <laughs> it's still something I'm trying to work out but you see I, I think in, in the, the sort of Zogchen idea as far as I can understand it and Ati Yoga generally, they, they say everything is the manifestation of awareness. Everything, absolutely everything is the manifestation of, of, of pure non-dual uh, awareness, which is void and luminous and all the rest of it. Um, I think the fallacy is to think with a thought, oh, everything is mind. I think that that's not what they're getting at. I don't think we have a, what I'm trying to get at, I don't think we have a sufficiently vivid notion 
of what mind and awareness is because we're very materialistic. Uh, I think there's a sort of problem in Buddhism that because mind is emphasised very, very strongly, quite rightly, but the trouble is, I think in the West, in the modern world, in the materialistic <coughs> world, mind doesn't have the same power that the notion of mind doesn't have the same power that it has even in the Buddha's time. In some ways, it would be good if we could use a word like soul. We can't because it gets associated with something fixed and unchanging. But you need to have this idea that mind is extraordinarily powerful. And, uh, um, you know, what, what you do with your mind creates your world. Um, what you do with mind creates your world. And uh, I think that's the main point I'm trying to get at. I don't want to get too much into the whole thing of is awareness inside you and outside you. I think you can end up with in a philosophical mess, which, you know, I, I think is problematic. I think the most important thing is to recognise the power of mind, the power of awareness. And I suppose the other thing I've got in mind is that... Um, is the experience of doing sometimes a six-element practice when I'm really getting into it. When you really disidentify, you start to realise that consciousness isn't located in here. You know, it's not locatable inside here. Uh, that's just not... That, that's a sort of fallacy. Uh, it's more like, as it were, something that's shining through. Uh, so that's, that's the sort of thing I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Which... Also, I don't want to undermine the fact that you, you, you know, the, the, the teaching here is recognition. It's like you're recognising everything that's going on in, in the bardo, your subjective experience, what's going on outside. It's all awareness. That's the point. Yeah. I just wonder, uh, just you talked about six hour practice, I wonder also if, um, well, at the time of death, you, you stop identifying with the physical body and the elements. Yeah. So your your mind doesn't have a particular location. Yes. As, as, as in the six elements practice. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. And it's the problem of actually, we always see things in terms of subject and object yes. and location. That, that yeah. in a way, you, you can't really understand it with the sort of mind. That we that's have. right. With yeah. with the with with this sense of being having a particular position. I mean, that's, that's what's so sort of, you could say that's what's really powerful about the Lama giving you the instruction to recognise everything is awareness, mm -hmm. because that's not presumably what you're feeling. Yeah. You're just totally overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. And presumably you're, you're switching back and forth, trying, still trying to identify with the, the physical body, mm. which you've left behind and actually yeah. allowing it to let it go. In yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you create the mind body, don't you? You do. Yeah, but what's that? You make it again. Mm -hmm. So, how would Bali like to sadhana? Well, I suppose what the, the, what you're doing in sadhana, everything that goes on in sadhana is awareness, isn't it? That, that that's what's happening no matter how uh, vivid it is it's it's the the productions of awareness yeah yeah this is a turning point that related to what Bhante says the uh, turning around from the deepest uh, state of consciousness 
I don't think so. I think I don't. I don't think. I don't think what it, it might. You might be able to find a, a relationship, but that's the Paravriti, isn't it? Where you eject, you know, all the sort of seeds of of um, unskillfulness. Um, they don't make that connection. I think they're just trying to. Um, they're just trying to sort of get you to wake up, saying, "Look, this is the really important moment here." Um, this is where your your uh, y- you know your future hinges on this moment. You making the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have like an equivalent of the um, rights you're describing within Tree Ratna? You know the Lama and that sort of thing. Well, no, no I think we've. My impression in Tree Ratna is that that when it comes to the time of death, uh, people have, I mean, some people do leave instructions of what they'd like to happen. And, and then you, you get people responding. Um, and I think that's the best way to do it, because I don't think we have an agreed tradition. I think this is one way of looking at it. I do know people who've read the Bardo Tadol uh, to somebody who died, a very good friend of mine who da- whose daughter died very, very tragically. Uh, he had her body in his house, and he read the whole of the Bardo Tadol, and he found it enormously helpful. Um, and he really felt that that he was helping her. Uh, but I think I think you know we have to sort of discover these things. I mean, Bhante has recommended the Vajrasattva mm. mantra, particularly at the time of death. You know, because Jamian Kensi recommended the Vajrasattva uh, mantra. Um, at the time of death, um, so he's he certainly recommended that, yeah. And I think he's he might have recommended the reading of the six bardos, the root verses, and of course lots of metta. You know that's that's the sort of basic thing. I mean the most important thing is that at the time of death you generate a very very positive um, feeling for the person who's died. That's the most important thing that you. Um, you know that they're surrounded by a very, very benign kind of atmosphere. I think, and if recitation of the Bardo Tadol helps you to do that, helps you to do that, then maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of puja. Yeah. Perhaps I think there does seem to be a thing developing as well that when somebody dies, we if it's an order member and we know. And we know what their yidam is. We we recite the mantra for that, don't we? Um, that seems to be a very good thing to do. Yeah. Shall we stop there today, and then we'll have the bardo of taking rebirth tomorrow and finish. <laughs>